go somewhere that you wouldn't think about going. Just another kind of free form rock and roll. Make you goofy solo, maybe want to tap a toe. Just another kind of free form rock and roll. Make you goofy solo, maybe want to tap a toe. Welcome back to Polkcast, Polk State's podcast. I'm your host, Madison Fantosi. And I'm your co-host, Leah Bartholomew. And today we have with us Dr. Annette Hutcherson, Director of Polk State's Nursing Program. And she's going to take us on a tour of the world. Um, Dr. Hutcherson is a Mississippi native who spent 20 years in the U.S. Army National Guard, um, achieving the rank of colonel and serving as chief nurse for the Florida National Guard. She also taught for 16 years before moving to Florida and joining Polk State in 1989 as a nursing faculty member. Dr. Hutcherson was named Director of the Nursing Program in 2006 and has since been awarded Nursing Director of the Year three times by the Florida Nursing Students Association. And while everyone knows Dr. Hutcherson for her expertise in nursing education and dedication to Polk State students, some may not know that she has traveled around the world and takes off on a new adventure every chance that she gets. So welcome to the show. Thank you for having me. Glad to be here. Yeah. So tell us the general scope of your travels. Um, have you traveled all over the U.S. or how many countries have you been to? Ooh, it's hard to count up the number. I have been to most of Europe, although there are countries I've not yet been to. Uh, some of the smaller ones particular. Uh, I've traveled most of the states. I was looking at it the other day after y'all called me. And if you don't count the, I landed in the airport states. <laughs> okay. If you count those, I only have about six states that I've not been to. Okay. But for some of them, like I says, it was a land in the airport. And so if you add those in, there's probably about 10 states that I've not been to. But like I said, uh, most most of Europe and and uh, and basically all of the continents except Africa, and I have a trip coming up to Egypt, which we'll check that one off my list as far as making it to Africa. Excellent. Tell us about that trip. What are you most excited about? What will you be doing when you're out there in Egypt? Uh, it's primarily a Nile River cruise, and I'm going to see the pyramids, which I understand you can sit in a cafe in Cairo and look out the window and see a pyramid, which is fascinating to me because I don't think of pyramids in the middle of a you know big city but we'll see but uh, mostly just to get to the country and um, like I said cruise the Nile River see a lot of the uh, really truly ancient history of that area. Mm-hmm. That's awesome is that sort of why you travel is it for like the historical like? Two, yeah two big things I look for when I'm planning my travels I want either nature uh, like I love the mountains and, you know, um, vistas that you can see forever, the mountains and the valleys and rivers and that forest, et cetera, or history, uh, particularly um, ancient history and historical buildings and old architecture. Um, one thing about Europe, I love the old cathedrals that are just massive and it's just, they're awesome. And just imagine that they've been standing for as long as they have and you're thinking, how did they build this? And, you know, and looking at before the days of computers and technology and bulldozers even, you know, how did they build something so magnificent and it's still standing today? And that's what I particularly like to see. But then also on the opposite side of that, you know, I'd like to get in the, again, using Europe as an example, the small medieval villages, their cobblestone streets and winding alleyways and um, just enjoy that. Well, when did your travel start and why are you so passionate about it? 
Um, I've always traveled, I guess, some, but um, in early career years, uh, you know, opportunities financially and schedule and everything else, it just wasn't there. But as I've been able to um, have a life that allows me to do it, then I've been doing it. And I I try to take um, at least one good trip a year. Sometimes I may skip a year, like if I've got something really big coming up that's a little bit more expensive, you know, then I may, okay, let's not do something this year. But um, it gets tempting. It's hard not to go. and like, and then the more I go, the more I want to go. Is there anywhere in the states that you haven't been to yet that is on your list that you want to see? Um, probably South Dakota to see the Badlands okay. and Mount is it Mount Rushmore that's in South Dakota, I believe. It would be one of those historical places. Of you know, it's out there. Why not? Why not go see it? Mm-hmm. Yeah, you know. But but using the other side of the world also as an example, like I said, although I have been to all of the continents except the Africa, which would be coming up, um, and a lot of Europe, I've never been to London or Paris. Oh, wow. I've been to England. I've been to France, but never been to London or Paris, and haven't particularly, you know, it wasn't necessarily on the bucket list, but then lately I've kind of been thinking, well, you know, you probably really ought to go to London and <laughs> Paris just to say you've been there, yeah. you know, because I've been to most of the big European cities, um, Stockholm, Helsinki, Copenhagen, Moscow, you know, but not London and Paris. Weird, but that's the way it's, that's the way it's happened. <laughs> that's sort of interesting, though, because it's like you probably saw much different things than someone mm-hmm. who would have gone and planned a trip to London, mm-hmm. you know. Mm-hmm. They probably got to see cooler things that were more unique. Well, yeah, because a lot of this, a lot of the cities. I mean, yes, London and Paris do have historical buildings and cathedrals that I know I would like to see. Uh, Notre Dame, for example, you know, I'm sure would love seeing that. But um, other than that, they're cities, and it's, to some degree, in my mind, a city is a city. I like to get into the countryside, the yeah. small villages, the little towns. Yeah. And um, again, because then you get the nature part of it. And, and so I enjoy that. How about as far as people go? Is there a place like in, you know, Europe or uh, Asia where people are more friendly? Like where's the friendliest place that you've been as a traveler? I've never had any problems in any of my travels as far as the people. They've always been warm, inviting, um, happy to, you know, help you show you around. Um, and I don't go on my own. I'm not going to just head out on my own. So usually when I, I join up with a, a group, and so this will be a small group of us, you know, doing a tour or something like that. And so there's going to be, thankfully, someone who speaks English because I do not speak any other languages. But as long as you are, you know, nice to them, you're going to get nice and friendly in return and um I've just always found that to be true and usually it can and if I am doing a little small excursion on my own or something you know usually you in this day and age uh you can pretty much find someone who speaks English enough to get you where you need to go and again as long as you are um nice to them I mean I think if if you're going to be rude you're going to get rude back Mm -hmm. Have you been to Russia? I have. Where were you in Russia? Um, I've actually been to um, St. Petersburg, uh, 
twice, and then Moscow once. Wow. Um, it was part of a Baltic Sea cruise that included uh, Estonia and, again, um, Finland and Denmark and some of the, the Baltic Sea areas and include, uh, included a St. Petersburg stop, so a couple of times to St. Petersburg. And, um, and then one of the trips, I took a side trip into Moscow while I was there. Um, and the thing that I remember the most about that one is Moscow itself, again, is a big city, um, a lot of poverty, um, the old the buildings where people live are primarily high-rise apartment buildings, hold over from the communist years, kind of dark and whatever. But the thing that surprised me on that trip was the Kremlin, because in my mind, having grown up and dealt with the Cold War and all of our issues with Russia, I always thought of the Kremlin as sort of a probably a fortress, and it's it's um, it's really not. It is a, I mean, it has the government buildings, yes, but there's absolutely fabulous museum, and you get into uh, the crown jewels and Fabergé eggs and things like that are just, you know, yeah. just really fascinating things. That's cool. Mm-hmm. And so I enjoy that. What are some of your favorite places that you visited? Probably one of my favorite was the Antarctica. Um and my purpose, I said, going to Antarctica, I tell people if I wanted to see penguins in their natural habitat, and I saw several different species of penguins in several different habitats. Wow. You think of the penguin, you know, on the ice mountain, and I did see penguins climbing up the ice mountains and floating by on the big icebergs and ice floats. But um, one of the stops included um, an island um, off the shore of Chile, or there, south of there, and it was... Um, huge, huge island, and it was this brown grass dirt island, and it was penguins as far as you could see. Wow. And we got to get out, and and we actually walked the island and walking along the penguins, and they're little babies, and they were very cute. (laughs) And uh, that was was fun. And then uh, the penguins on the ice floats, and then included a stop on Falkland Islands, and um, I took a excursion there that took me to the other side of the island and it was beautiful farmland green rolling hills down to the white sand turquoise water you know and on the beach were king penguins and sheep living together (laughs) interesting and that was just you know it was interesting but that was probably one of my favorites it was uh it started um in chile south american cruise down the western coast of uh, South America with stops along the way and then down into Antarctica and then back up the eastern coast of South America, the Falkland Islands, and ended up in Buenos Aires. So that was a really fun trip. Um, And the thing about the trip overall, again, it's it's just what you visualize in your mind and then what you really see. uh, Because when I think South America, I've always really thought, of what would be Central America as far as palm trees and sand. And South America is like Alaska. It's glaciers and mount, you know, mountains. It's like it's the same thing we get up north, but down south. Right. I've just never really thought about it. It's like, duh. You know? Yeah. <laughs> you think your geography here, you're getting the same distance away from the equator as you get going up north. So what you're going to get is the landscape of what you would get 
up north. Yeah, that's interesting. Yeah. I never thought of yeah. it that way, but obviously, yeah. like, it's it like, was pretty close. Yeah, and so that was interesting, just um, thinking that I'm going to be going into said palm trees and sand and tropical jungles. It's like, no, you're going into, you know, an Arctic type of environment. And like I said, um, multiple glacier fields, just like you get in Alaska and whatever. So it was interesting. When I was there again, that was a Christmas break trip. And so it's summer for them. And so we were able to cruise pretty far south into the Antarctica. I don't know if this is true or not. I know the captain of the ship told us that we actually went further south into Antarctica than any cruise ship had been able to go before, simply because we happened to be very lucky and get very, very good weather. And it was clear, and he just kept inching forward, you know, as much as they could go. And they reach a point, no, we can't go any further, and it's time to back out and turn around and go back, you know. But it it was fun. Asia's good. Um, like I said, that's um, been, um, been China. Uh, climbed the Great, cl- climbed on the Great Wall. I did not make it anywhere near <laughs> to the top of the Great Wall. <laughs> it was like if they had a rail that I could have held on to, I might could have made it to the top, but they did not. And it was like, you know, you, you can only go so far. It's like I can't go any further because there's nothing to hold on to, you know. Scary. And it's kind of like, oh, I don't think I'm going to do this anymore. But it was still nice to be there, but to um, see the, the Forbidden City, and um, I think before I, I really don't remember if it was before my trip or after my trip, one or the other, I re-watched the movie, The Forbidden City, or The the, the Littlest Emperor, The Youngest Emperor, whatever the movie is that shows that, and it was fun to say, oh, I've seen that, I've been there, you yeah. know, type of thing, but that was good. Um, and then probably uh, this past Christmas, I did Asia again, and it was uh, Vietnam, Thailand, and Cambodia. And um, I said I always appreciated those of my generation that served in Vietnam. And after having been to Vietnam and really seen the jungles and the heat and humidity, I thought I really appreciate them now. You know, but it was uh, very scary. it was a it was a good experience, and they were again extremely nice. And everybody's, it's mandatory that they learn English in school. Wow. So everybody, you know, spoke English. It was, it was made it easy to get around and again, very, very, you know, very, very nice. So that was a nice trip. That's neat. It's interesting to hear about the different modes of travel that you take. Um, as someone who's never been on a cruise before, I just think of, you know, flying in a plane. But mm-hmm. so you've kind of done everything. Have you ever been on a road trip as well? Do you have a yeah. road trip that sticks out in your mind? Um, no. Now, the, um, I did have two. Um, two trips to Europe that were what I call ground trips, road trips. Um, as my grandchildren have graduated from high school, their graduation present has been a trip to Europe. And for them, it was, a you know, we did a road trip. I gave They kind of told me what they w- were interested in, and I researched it and found options. So I got to have a wonderful trip with um, across um, Germany and Austria with the first granddaughter. And that was a bus tour, you know, with a group of people. And um, very nice. It was, it was fun seeing the world with somebody else with you. Even those places I'd been before, I enjoyed being able to take them. Mm-hmm. And then the next granddaughter, she chose Italy. So we got to travel all over Italy uh, with her. So, uh, yes, I have done some uh, bus trips. I did a bus trip with um, Ireland and uh, Scotland, um, and 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 some road trips in the states, but 
generally, I don't want to do a road trip unless there's somebody else driving. <laughs> <laughs> I don't want to have to read and, you know, translate road signs and find my way from point A. But as far as, you know, the, the disadvantage of those trips is the living out of your suitcase. It's right. kind of like, you know, you got to get up and load your suitcases down to get on the bus, you know, the next, get on the next spot. But the advantage is, again, somebody's doing the driving and you, and you have your tour guide and, that, that tells you what you're seeing and gives you the history of what you're seeing. And to me, that's nice than just trying to do it on my own when I'm trying to figure out where something is, much less what it is. Mm-hmm. But having that person that's telling you what you're seeing and, you know, that type of thing. Um, my preference is the cruising because you still get to go to all these places and you only have to pa- unpack one time. Mm-hmm. You know, you get on board, you unpack, and then, you know, you can do as much or as little as you want to do if you want to do anything. But sit on the deck and read, you know, you can, or you that they have lots of exciting trips, and again, with people that can give you the history and the background, and mm-hmm. that's why I like, you know, doing those kinds of trips. Mm-hmm. Really cool. Where's the best scenery or the sightseeing that you've experienced? Um, probably some of the best scenery is Alaska. Really? Yeah. Alaska's really beautiful. I think I've been to Alaska four times, and I would go again. It's just, you know, and the the sad part about it is when you, well, I like the mountains, the Rocky Mountains, you know, it's beautiful. And the sad part about it to me is when I go to places like that and think how the everywhere used to look like that, but we've, you know, we just, we, we tend to tear down. And you lose a lot of those vistas that are out there, but that's, you know, they really like. Um, as far as Europe, again, the mountains, the the, um, the Alps, and uh, I just like mountains. <laughs> <laughs> because I like being at the top of the mountain and, you know, looking out over as far as you can see, what all you can see, you know. Um, and then, and I don't, uh, that's just really my favorite. Is there a highest peak or a mountain that you've been on that was kind of like an accomplishment for you? Um, hmm. No, I'm, I mean, I've been to the Rockies, but again, I, you know, and, and like I said, I've been to the Alps, and they were probably the highest points, but I wasn't at the highest point. Like, oh, you gotcha. know, I'm not climbing the mountain, you uh-huh. know what I'm saying? <laughs> yeah. um, and so it, that's kind of hard to say. Okay. Yeah. Um, my favorite question, best food that you've had? <laughs> I think that um, it's all good because it's all different. And if you have to be willing to try it, at least, you know, sometimes there may be some things I think, oh, not even going to go down that road. (laughs) (laughs) But most of the time you try it and you think, oh, this is pretty good here. Um, It was uh, when the granddaughter that got to go to Italy with me, I had told her, I says, now don't expect pizza and spaghetti. We had a lot of pizza and spaghetti, <laughs> but it was it was homemade, unique. You know, it wasn't uh, like what you get here. So it turned out to be better than I was expecting. You know, um, I expected to be having to go out in the middle of the night and hunt down a McDonald's for her. You know? <laughs> but uh, she, both both granddaughters know they ate the food where we were, and it was just very very good. Um, Probably in Asia, it's, again, you know, we have such a mindset for what we think is Asian food, which is not really true Asian food. Mm -hmm. And so uh, that was probably one of the biggest adjustments. The food was good, but it's not 
what you think when I'm going to go out and get Chinese, you know. But it, um, they like a lot of fish, uh, so it's a little bit different. But again, good. Okay. What are some tips that you have for other travelers or students who might just be getting started on their travels? Um, plan and plan some more. When you pack, pack and then take out half of it. <laughs> you always, you know, you always, or I always end up taking too much, and I try to get so much. I'm better at it, but I'm always like, oh, yeah, I might need this. Oh, I might need this. You have to decide, no, you don't need it. And, you know, pack light. And so you can leave yourself some room to bring back some favorite mementos. Um, Do you ever look around, like, wherever you are and sort of, like, observe the health care situation there or, you know? Oh, yeah. One of the things that um, one of my my first trip to China was actually uh, a continuing education trip through a nursing organization. And our purpose on that trip was we actually toured hospitals in China. Wow. And that was very, very interesting um, because, you, we, you know, we tend to get very elitist with our health care and we're thinking nobody has health care like we do. And to some degree that's true. But going into some of these hospitals that, that were, I mean, they're state-of-the-art facilities. And so that was interesting. And I do remember um, it was interested me specifically on one of the hospitals in China as I was teaching pharmacology at the time. And so on the tour, we had to go to the, the pharmacy at the hospital, and there were, we went into sort of a foyer, and it was divided into two parts. That was the Western medicine section and the Eastern medicine section. And that was interesting, where people who wanted to follow the natural wow. Chinese herbal treatments yeah. or whatever, they could go this side of the room. And if you wanted your Western world prescription, you went to that side of the room. So that was that was interesting. Wouldn't that be interesting? Yeah. I do wish they did more of that here, like more of the natural yeah. remedy stuff. That's um, interesting. And and then I also began when I was teaching pharmacology, I would just, I always look to see can I identify the pharmacists and pharmacists out in the town. And usually you can, you know. Um, it didn't matter what the language was. I usually could find that's the pharmacist. <laughs> and um, I do remember again with the China trip. It was interesting to just walk into a store. It's not, it was not a, it was not a pharmacy. It was just a regular the store, you know, grocery store, sundries and whatever. And walk up to a counter and I said, I want I want that. And it was bought a box, bought a box of ampicillin. <laughs> and it was just over the counter, off the street, you know, I said I wouldn't take it, but it was, it's just interesting to see the differences. So when I would, uh, teaching pharmacology, would always say, you know, everything I'm talking to you about as far as rules and regulations and you can't and you can't, whatever, says these relate to U.S. laws. You leave the U.S. and it's no longer the same story. So that's, you know, kind of interesting. Wow. Well. Mm-hmm. So it's okay to get sick in China. Where could you? Where would you suggest not getting ill? Well, I mean, even in China, you again, you you get into the small town. You know, right. you're not going to have health care, right? Um, which is true in the states. You know, you get outside the big cities. You know, finding health care can be difficult, and even if you live in the big city, having access to that health care can be difficult. Yeah. So just stay healthy where you don't need it. <laughs> Well, you sound like a good travel buddy. Like, she knows what she's doing. <laughs> well, that was one of my, my granddaughters that were talking about. They enjoyed making the trip. One, it was a fun trip for them. But sort of learning, you know, the ins and outs of having to deal with the long overseas flight. How do, how do you get through customs? You know, they were kind of like, okay, 
grandma's here to help me with all of this, so that hopefully they'll be able to, they'll get the travel bug and can do it on their own. <laughs> How quickly can you plan a trip? Give me a half an hour and I'm ready to go. Yeah, cool. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. Awesome. Well, thank you so much for coming on and talking to us well, today. thank you very much for having me. And anybody come, I always tell people, I have a trip planned. If you want to go, just, <laughs> I'm not going to stay at home waiting on you, but if you want to go, let me know and come on and go. <laughs> That's excellent. Yeah. Awesome. Cool. Thank you. Okay. We may have to join you. <laughs> Anytime. Just another kind of free form rock and roll. Make you groove solo, maybe want to tap a toe. Just another kind of free form rock and roll. Make you groove solo, maybe want to tap a toe. Woo! Yeah! Woo! Yeah! Woo! Yeah!